Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Recovered episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hilberton, and who is with me tonight? Wrapped in a feverish delusion, it's Daniel Melman. <laughs> and just an average person, it's Levi Derby. And welcome. And Dan, where can people find you at? People can find me online at my blog, Ludo Narrative Disco Tech. Uh, I'm still figuring out the URL and confirmation stuff, so you can find that link in the show notes. And this won't be up for a little while, so it will definitely be up by the time that the people hear this episode. <laughs> well, I have a, I have the deadline for today, because yes, Zelda 2. Zelda. <laughs> but this one will be in the can for a bit, probably. <laughs> just to warn you guys on air and so so what we recovered episodes i've only done this is only my third one that we've done that i've done is where we look back at an old game that we covered on the show before but then i get different people and i want to redo it and this is one that so we're we're going to be recovering golden sun from game boy advance came out in 2001 developed by camelot software is a game that we it was our fourth episode that we did originally Back, God, back in the show first started almost at this point, probably depending on when you're hearing this three years, close to three years ago. And I have, or it'll be more than that, because, and I have not replayed it since. And so what we're doing, we're trying to go back and just find different episodes, because some of the early episodes are, in my opinion, not good, because <laughs> we didn't know what the mm-hmm. hell I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing at the time with audio. So we're just recovering some of the old episodes. And, and this is a game that I have always wanted to go back to because I need to play the sequel and I didn't want to touch the sequel and having no remembrance of the first game in any shape or form. So that's am I to understand this is the game your mom found? Oh, uh, not my mom, but yes. Uh, when when we first named the show, uh, one of my co-hosts DJ, it was we were trying to th- we were trying to think of different names, and I was throwing a few out there. His mom had found Game Boy Advance and his copy of Golden Sun, and that's how we ended up with the name game my mom found. Nice. Unfortunately, that he was like he also had quit like episode fifteen because playing a game every week and recording about it is insane. Yeah. <laughs> And now I play more, but you know, eh. yeah, I, I recorded an episode with you last week and it <laughs> has dominated a lot of my gaming time <laughs> yeah. getting ready for these. <laughs> I, I love it. So that's why I do it. But so first thing I want to ask you is when, so Levi, when was the first time that you had played golden sun? Oh gosh. Honestly, the, the first time I played it probably would have been well after the game came out. I think probably my late teens, early twenties was the first time that I had found the game. Uh, if I remember right, I, I was looking up, like, I had been big into, like, retro gaming at the time, and I was looking up, like, uh, on Google, the best uh, uh, Game Boy Advance games, and the best Super Nintendo games. And this was on, like, a list of, like, top 10 or something like that. And I was like, okay, I'll go to my local GameStop or what retro game store, or whatever it was at the time, and see if I can find a copy. And I did, and uh, that was my first experience with it. Okay. What about you, Dan? So I got this game for Hanukkah 2001. It was uh, kind of the game I asked for, uh, Nintendo Power and Nintendo Power Advance, which launched with the system. Really hyped this game up. I saw the screenshots. And it looked amazing. I didn't have a PS1. I was I was a Nintendo kid, so okay. I wasn't able to play all those 32-bit RPGs, and suddenly there was a 32-bit RPG I could play on my, my $70 handheld that you had to play in direct light. But I I love this game. It's one of the first traditional JRPGs uh, I played. And I grew up with Shining Force 2, which this game is kind of a sequel to. And like UX design and pretty much the same team made it. And I just had a blast with it uh, and never finished the sequel. I, I played like halfway through it. Um, and I revisited it when it came out on the Wii U and 
didn't finish it and then replay it again for the show and had a great time. Okay. And so that's the biggest one of the big reasons why it's on here. So I can play Lost Stage next season on the show. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really need to play Lost Stage. Yeah. I did you look up um like how Lost Stage was made? because uh, it's the backstory is pretty interesting. I did not if if I remember correctly, wasn't it supposed to be Golden Sun one and, and Lost Stage supposed to be one game but it was just too big or something? Yeah, on the N sixty four. So they had their plan for the game and it's like, oh, the N64 is near the end of its life. And and they Shining Force 3, they sort of kicked themselves in the foot by putting on the Saturn as the Saturn was dying. So they're like, let's make this on the GBA. And okay, for this size cart, we're going to need two games. So they cut it up into two volumes in a lot of the in the same way they cut uh, Shining Force 3 into three volumes. And they're like, okay, we're going to follow these different factions and get a bigger idea of this world telling that one story. So I kind of think of it as golden sun disc one and two, which I I think is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it is a, even just by itself, like this is a monster of an art, like RPG for kind of for a handheld. I mean, not, I mean, I played larger ones, but it's about like a 30 hour gameplay. I want to say or so for for the time. Yeah. I, I definitely, okay. That I didn't know the history behind the game there with it uh, originally being planned to be one and then being split in two. And I, I definitely feel as though like some of either I don't know if I want to say the pacing of it or or, or what my uh, word I want to use there for is, but I, I think it's it's definitely very obvious in retrospect now that it was intended to be a single game and then became two because just like the whole time I remember playing the game when it stops where it stops at least for me it felt kind of kind of like a oh this is where it's ending kind of thing like I feel like I'm only mm. halfway done with the game. And it, it just it, it definitely scre- it screams that like it was one game kind of broken into two. And uh, a season later, we'd have Fellowship of the Ring, which did kind of the same thing, ending with the <laughs> protagonist sailing off in a boat to really start the adventure. That's funny. <laughs> and then roll <laughs> credits. About that. I mean, it, it does have moments like that with this game, like as you because the whole point is you're as the game progresses, you have these four lighthouses you're trying to, if I remember correctly, not light up. Yep. And at the time that the the story, the story ends of this first game, two are lit. You two get lit and you have two left. So like, it makes sense that the game gets, you know, there's not, the story's not finished at all, but I'm okay with that. Cause even this game took me about 24 hours with times two speed to get through. So, I mean, that's, that's not bad for a game boy advance game. I feel like it's long enough. I don't think I would have wanted it to be both parts in one cartridge. Personally. Uh, yeah. Looks like my clear time is at about 25 hours and 20 minutes is where yeah. I'm sitting at. That's that's around where I was. I, I didn't do all the side stuff. I didn't get all the gene, which, again, I, we'll, we'll talk about. I, I definitely got all the gene on my first playthrough and very different experience when you're underpowered. I, I had a blast replaying this. <laughs> um, I mean, just like the story of this game, too, like the way it starts off, I think is pretty interesting, for even like because where you start off in a town where people have powers, but you and then like the town ends up going through a it has like two different crises. When you have one where there's like a, a you mm-hmm. know rocks falling, and her one of your characters that's with you in the beginning, her brother, you know, pretty much di- you think dies. Like you have a very traumatic opening in this game, mm-hmm. and then you have the characters suffering what had happened a year ago as, as when they start their adventure. They're still trying to recover from you know losing family member. Didn't I think? Didn't the main character Isaac lose his dad too? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's a very traumatic opening for I feel too. It it is funny that was it one year or five years? I thought it was one year. I okay, let's, let's say it's one year. But 
I, I like how they have that opening and then it's one year later and all anyone talks about is what happened a year ago. And it's just like, yeah, remember this? It's the anniversary of when that happened. Isn't that a coincidence? It, it, it makes it even funnier <laughs> if it was five years that like still five years later that that's all they were talking about. Oh, like, it's three it's years five, later. Like, it, three, okay. Three years, okay. Right in the middle. Right yeah. in the middle. <laughs> but that, 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 that is, it is. It, I guess it is kind of, uh, if you want to call it tropey, uh, a little bit that, you know, climactic event happens and then, you know, three years later, that's all anyone can still talk about. I guess it, it does kind of sh- give the effect of, you know, this is a small town and probably not a lot happens. And so, you know, <laughs> even if it was three years ago, that's the, still the most exciting thing, exciting in air quotes, uh, that that's probably ever happened to them. Why yeah. Why did they end up going up to the sanctum again? Because Kraden, the old crazy guy, convinces them to to go there to check on something. Okay, I, the I whole want... point of the of the early story is that well, one, you're in a town where people have magic abilities called psi energy, where you can like move, you can move things, you can you hit, you know telekinetic, you can do different things, and that's kind of and for some reason, Kraden thinks there's something wrong with the temple at the top of the at the top of this town where no one's allowed into. So you have to sneak in there past one guard to go check on something, which essentially you're activating the activating it without realizing it because Creighton's not really good. You so. you screw a lot of things up in this game. Yeah, you do. Yeah, basically <laughs> the whole story is uh, you mess stuff up and now you have to go fix it. Yes. Or be five minutes too late to fix it. <laughs> as yeah, it may that, be. When you go yeah, to the tower, one. you're the one that ends up activating all these the issues that end up causing like a volcano or something, right? I yeah, I, I don't think that like the events of the opening story, because like after there's that first you know event three year, three years before, then you you pick up the actual story three years after that first you know boulder started falling yeah. uh, kind of explosion thing, and then you make your way up to uh, the sanctum up at the top of the mountain, and if not for your character having gone there, nothing would have happened. <laughs> because, the, the, because the the bad guys who you know were on their way up there had no way in without you and, and they do kind of try to steer you towards it and trick you into doing it yes but but it is yeah. funny if you wouldn't have went up there because you take these things called elemental stars which are like holding the universe together or something like that they're holding that's the, the planet sense i get yeah and as you take them and then that's why they're trying to light these lighthouses because i i forget you don't even know why the what the lighthouses do. You're just like, oh, they want to light them up. We shouldn't let that happen. They want to take these elemental stars and throw them in this lighthouse. We're going to stop them. Why? We don't know. We're just going to stop them. Well, we don't Kraden, even know what's Kraden going on. says it would be pretty disastrous. Creighton's um, a piece of shit. There is that <laughs> that, that that floating eyeball uh, like guardian. Once you start, once you get up to the sanctum and, right. you, and you you grab the uh, basically you're forced to grab the 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 elemental stars for for the bad guys. Um, there's like this kill. floating eyeball guardian. I, I think he makes a mention of like, you guys should probably stop them. Like this isn't a good idea. Yeah. They force you to get the elemental stars and, and they're sort of holding um, your, your friend Jenna and mentor Creighton at knife point. And the funny thing is Jenna's playable in the very beginning of this game, but then Jenna's gone after this first which, dungeon. You don't see her again till lost age. Yeah. Which is cool. Cause she's one of the main characters of lost age. Yeah. It's kind of, bring that all together. And also her brother who you thought died in the prologue shows up as a kind of half-hearted guarantee that they'll, they'll I thought uh, that was amusing because be like, he's wearing a mask. They're like, well, they don't trust us. Take off your mask. And then it mm-hmm. turns out like, they're like, well, he's dead, but he's not. And 
Yeah, and that's kind of one reason why you trust them enough to get the elemental stars to then try to rescue Jenna and Craden. But then they take after you get them the stars and you give them three of the four stars, they take Jenna and Craden with them anyway and just leave. But they don't hurt them. No. And but you get back to the village, which is called Vault. Vault. Okay. It's a on the nose name. And you have a town meeting, and there's kind of this psychic message everyone hears that no, these two kids are the ones who have to go on the quest. And you're not the most powerful people in the village, but you you screwed everything up and so you, you suddenly have it. a de- you suddenly have a destiny and have to go fix it. That was that that floating eyeball guardian thing, I think, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering right, telling everyone that yeah, the kids have to do it. No, 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 not the adults. The children must do this. But lots of heroic destinies in this game. Yes. The other thing that one thing also very interesting about this game is as I mentioned earlier, you have the side energy, you get different abilities that you unlock as the game progresses, which lets you like produce, as I was saying, produce a hand and then move statues out mm-hmm. of the way, which is a little gimmick kind of felt gimmicky but at the same time. It feels cool. Like it makes one thing that makes this game unique is that you get these abilities to alter things in the map. Not really, not for combat, just to, for puzzle solving and unlocking things. And I, I like that actually a lot. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. It gave, it gave a lot of, like interactivity with with the environments around you with like you said not just combat but like the world map and and the the towns and stuff that you were in uh, in the dungeons like there's a lot of interactivity of making sure that you have the right uh psi energy to to be able to do what you need to do to progress through this dungeon and it kind of brings the story to the forefront in the dungeons uh in a way i really appreciate like there there is a reason you have this heroic destiny you have these magic powers that most people in the world don't know about like they're figuring it out in pretty disastrous ways <laughs> as we'll get to. And most um, people don't have psi energy either. Like you're one of a special type of people who have it. So it also makes you more unique too. And I like how nobody can see the big hand that you're producing. That's moving the statues. Only you can see it. And people with psi energy. Most people are like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> remind me a lot of uh, Jojo's bizarre adventure where yes, the only uh, people who can see these psychic powers are the people who have them. Yes. Um, that, that is, that does kind of, kind of a very Jojo thing with, with stands um, when the people who can do the magic can see the magic. And, and it's funny because occasionally, uh, so later on you get a character who can read minds and sometimes they don't even mention it, but you'll try and read someone's mind and they'll just like step back for a second and it won't work. And it's like, Oh, they're, they're an adept. People who could use psi energy or, or synergy are called adepts. And it's interesting that, Oh, there are just people in this world who can do this and don't know. Ah, I don't know if I don't know if I actually ran. I I read a lot of people's minds, but I don't know. I didn't read everyone. So I don't know that I actually ran across anyone like that, except for um, there were some like main like plot people. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I ran across like random NPCA who who did anything like that. But I'm assuming that I probably missed something like that. But that actually is a really cool thing that I missed. Yeah, there there are a couple people I found in Tolby to do that. And, you know, there there's a ton of people traveling all around the world and told me so it makes sense that they'd be there yeah i didn't i didn't try i only any way i play any game because of the show i go through as fast as i can for the most part (laughs) so i only mind read people that i needed to where the guy told me to do it and i I just don't care i I read read minds constantly i loved it (laughs) just being able to talk to people and and get these like either like oh here's what they really want and or like these weird sarcastic little things or uh Later on, you have to choose people for this undesirable task to row a boat, and they're all like, avoid eye contact, don't look <laughs> at them. 
<laughs> I loved it. That's a that's a good part. That's yeah. That, this this game had a lot of interesting, like just the way the game progresses. The town, like the second town, or you know, second town you go to when you get your because after you get the character split up, then you get your third character, Ivan, which is the one with the mind read. I you know, I also like like how they all have their own like way to them. I mean, because you can, and the other thing about this game, you can change up their job classes, mm-hmm. I, which I did not. I play it exactly the way that that whatever class they are like. One guy's Isaac is Earth, Garrett is Fire, Ivan is Wind, and they and that's how I completely play it. I do not step away from the boundaries of what the game has set for me because it's me. But <laughs> I, I like that you can do that. I like how each character can be very different and it affects their stat. Like with Ivan, when you first meet him, I think his story is you know interesting. How you know you have to help him get the staff back that he lost, which you can never sell or throw away because it's a key. It's an it's a key item, but it's a key item that takes up inventory because there are no key items in this game, which irritates me because your inventory yeah. slots are, you there, only have so many. Th- there are certain rare items or key items you can sell and buy back um, as artifacts, just like you can in Shining Force. But Ivan wants to hold on to that one. I tried to sell it. Yeah, I think, I, I believe Ivan's staff is the only item that you cannot sell or get get take out of your inventory. So I mean, uh, it's, it, You cannot sell the Mars Star. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. That one makes sense. Oh, speaking of the Mars star, like the whole plot of the game is, Hey, look, there's these four elemental stars and we messed up and we let the bad guys have three of them. They're going to take the three and put them in the lighthouses. And we believe something horribly bad is going to happen. So the, the, the story is them trying to, you know, stop that from happening. But ultimately the goal is to light all four lighthouses and the players have one of the stars to light the lighthouse. Why don't they just dig a hole, bury it, and be done with it? I mean, obviously yeah. that would that would ruin the game, of course. But you know, plot hole, like just find, just go out into the wilderness, dig a hole, bury the star, cover it up. Problem solved. Great. They can light three of them, but they won't be able to light the fourth. Yeah, dr- drop it in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> just get rid of it. Yeah, just chuck it somewhere. Sell it to a shopkeeper in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and and so. what, another like cool feature of this game too is you have their their magic system is very interesting called mm-hmm. Jin, where you find little little like monster like things around the world that you'll find either in dungeons, you'll hell, you'll find them on the world map, you'll find them in towns. You have to do you have to do different science things like move a block, grow a vine. And you get these Jin that join you, and that that's what makes this game also unique. And that like I was talking about with the job classes. If you put different gin on different characters, it will affect how the character stats are and what spells they are if they're different job, which I did not experiment with because I can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. I have to I have to follow what job they are because their stats go up and their stats go in weird places if you screw around, so I can't do it. You can do some fun stuff with that. Like I, I didn't get many gin, so I kind of had to really plan out how to use them. And I eventually sort of just went full fire with Isaac and oh it was really interesting because he gets single target attacks which is really great for boss fights but after you use Jin you can do these Final Fantasy summons which for the rest uh give you a buff in that element. So say you do a fire summon you your fire spells are more powerful. But when Isaac has these fire Jin on him he can't use his healing spell. So I would have to plan out when I would use these that Jin have certain moves or attacks when you actually use them, which puts them in standby, which is when you can use them for the summon. 
So I would have to plan out, okay, I'll use this, this turn, this turn, this turn. So I get my heal back this turn. And you can really plan out your job classes organically throughout a battle in ways I thought were really, really fun. Yeah, the so each all these djinn that you find, they each have like a different element to them. And then each character has, you know, like one attuned element that they're best at. And so you can either, you know, just just load one character up with their attuned element or whatever, or you can mix and match as you want. And that changes their classes. And there's from my understanding, there's there's like three different types of classes. There's like single element classes two element classes and then there's three element classes there is no four element class unfortunately but but yeah getting some of those two and three element classes can be amazing or if you do it wrong it can be detrimental and just completely destroy your party and then when you use the the gin in battle your classes keep changing and so like if if you're if you don't plan it out right you could conceivably end up in a very very bad situation so like if you have everyone at like you know a three element on a three element class and then you use the wrong gin in combat you could end up like changing your character's class mid combat to like a really bad class for them and then just utterly lose the battle yeah i i haven't had two spells for a lot of my playthrough <laughs> Uh, he was kind of my my item dump character, so I moved Gene around so everyone else was more powerful. I mean, and also talk- the way that you use summons in this game, because you have the Jin that are equipped yep. to your character, and then they can summon them in battle, which then uses the, whatever the ability the Jin has, such as creating an earthy barrier where you have extra defense for all your characters. But then, as we're saying, it's like it's not it's not equipped anymore, so therefore your character loses some stat upgrades and things. Like it's very. So it's a very risk-reward type summon system, which I like, too. And again, I really like how it fits into the story. So the reason the djinn exist are when you took the stars from Soul Sanctum and Vault at the beginning, you did kind of break reality a bit. And these (laughs) elements sort of spread across the world. And there are these cool moments that remind you of how wrong that is. So you, you go to a village later and earn a party have a party member who has a spell called ply, which I assume is mistranslated from prey. I'm not entirely sure. Probably. Uh, And she's like, that, that makes more sense. I was wondering why, what ply was supposed to be. Yeah. Nintendo didn't want prey in their game. Yeah. Cause you use it on a goddess statue at one point to solve a puzzle, which I was stuck Mm -hmm. on for a long time as a kid. But her whole thing is, Oh, we've had this ability passed down through my family for generations and she's this village's healer and she's the only one who's the caretaker of this lighthouse and you can anyone can get it you just move these gene around and suddenly oh i have this ancestral ability mystical ability that has these world ending potential uses (laughs) that's a cool little reminder of no using these gene this is not the natural state of the world. We have screwed things up, but we need to figure out how to use this power to save the world or fail to save the world or help rich people out, whatever you actually end up doing in this game. I don't know. I have no idea where the story goes yet until I finish this, until I play the other half. But it, it's very interesting with that. With Because like, I that's bring up the fourth character, Mia or Maya. I like her. I mean, she's a water adept because essentially each one of your characters is supposed to be one's an earth, fire, wind, and water adept. But again, you can change their classes if you mess with the gin and stuff, which I don't. But 
it's very like I, I like that. Like, and I bet it is prey. I mean, that makes more sense than it being. I don't think it's a mistranslation. It probably was just Nintendo said no because Nintendo, mm-hmm. even in two thousand, I even early two thousand, I feel like Nintendo still would have been very like they wouldn't have wanted stuff to have religion in it. Still, a little bit, yeah. They haven't really. Maybe now they're more away from that, but they. It took, I think it took them a long time. Like I know in the nineties, they did not like that at all. Mm-hmm. And this uh, is also when you uh, when you use ply yeah. out in like out out of combat in the field, like when you use it on like a goddess statue, it makes sense that you would pray to the goddess statue. But yeah. also, there's like a little angel will appear and kind of fly around a little bit on screen. <laughs> Forgotten about that? Yeah, I I completely forgot about it until just this moment. But yeah, like a little like a little cherub baby angel will kind of float up and fly around, and that thematically makes sense that it was meant to be prey and for whatever reason it was changed to ply mm-hmm. well that's a really cool i mean that that's cool and also makes that puzzle make more sense that i really like all the different puzzles like i was surprised i mean i was cheating so i mean i had to walk through but i because I, I think that ply puzzle where you have to cast it on you know when you're in her in that temple and i also like how when you go to that temple at first you can't really you're not supposed to be able to go anywhere and like to get that character mia you have to go to this town which i don't like this part but you have to go like talk to different npcs which then trigger different of then triggers her to spawn in a house that she, that you went into before and then you get her to join you then you go to the lighthouse where where she'll then or, follow, you can go there with her or or she walks off to the lighthouse and you follow her and she's like i'm stuck i don't know what to do and you keep solving puzzles for her and she's like you're helping me aren't you let's just hang out for a while <laughs> <laughs> she's a good character and again like this this game also has a lot of that old rpg element where you go to a different town and each town has a different issue like with her town, they have a plague that you're trying to help solve. So you got to get the lighthouse, you know, figure out what's wrong with the lighthouse. So, and then we end up, they end up lighting the lighthouse, which ends up making a spring that produces this like healing water that within yeah. saves the town. The, the bad guys win at that point and it saves the people of this town, which I think is a really interesting bit of plot there. Like, okay, what, why are we doing this? Why are they doing this? It, it kind of put that all into question. Yeah, the, the the effects of what happens from lighting the first lighthouse and lighting the second lighthouse are dramatically different. When you like it, like you mentioned, when you light the first lighthouse, like essentially like this, uh, what is it? The the spring of life or whatever, like starts flowing and anyone who drinks from it is is cured of all diseases. Like that's a, de- a definitively good thing. Like 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 having this this water that can just cure any disease from people and bring them back into good health like that so i get that at that point in the game it, it makes you start questioning like you know if lighting the light if lighting this first lighthouse did such did this amazingly good thing like why am i trying to stop it <laughs> yeah. uh, and because an eyeball told you to yes yeah that's the thing there's this creepy terrifying monster who's just like this is your destiny you got to do it and you don't know what's going on, which I thought was pretty cool. Clearly, the villains do. And I I don't know if I knew back then. I probably didn't know back then. But I, I always thought it was cool that... So you, you play as Felix, Jenna's brother, who's one of the villains in the sequel. So I assume we're going to learn a lot more about what's going on there then. I'm excited to play Lost Age when I get there. It'll be soon. It'll be early first half next year. Cool. My plan to put it on the show pretty quickly because I, I need to play it. We we skipped a couple dungeons. Yeah, we we'll, we'll bounce around. That that's fine. Okay. Um, one of the things that one of the things I do want to mention, I really like because you so you go to one you go early on as you're traveling through this game, you end up at a town called Bilbin where they're like, yeah, and they don't really like you there. They're like, what are you doing here? And then there's a tree outside the town, 
And as you progress through a little bit of the game, you find you find a town that's full of like just trees because everybody got cursed mm-hmm. by a by a giant tree and they were turned into trees. So and it it's kind of like it's interesting because like as you go through, you'll see these different random trees and you can as you can mind read them. You find out they're actually people who were turned into trees and then you're sent on this quest to go through a forest and you have to go inside this tree mm-hmm. and then fight, which I always love going inside trees for in, in games for some reason. It makes me think of Mystic Quest, which I, I like a lot. And like you end up, you in Ocarina of Time, <laughs> you go through this tree. Mystic Quest before Ocarina of Time. Yes, because Mystic Quest is what sticks in my head more when I think about going inside a tree than Ocarina of Time. I played Mystic Quest first, and that game means a lot to me as a kid. But you are like I, I didn't really think about the like as I as I said it, I'm like I didn't even think of Ocarina of Time until after I opened my mouth. Like, oh yeah, I probably should say that too. So Mystic Quest underrated video game. I I like that game a lot. Oh, it's a good RPG, but it, it's really just cool to me how you go to this, how everything is so screwed up with this, and you have to go through this giant tree, and as you go through it, you're able to then. Like you beat it up, but and you bring him to his senses because he's been all upset after when you did the when you put the elemental stars in when they were stolen. It did something that altered the tree and gave him more power, which is what led him to then turn everyone into trees. So you caused this issue and and made it angrier. Um, yes. There's a nearby town's lord was cutting down trees in the forest to build a palace for his wife. There are a lot of like feudal lords screwing things up in this game that keeps coming up. Yeah. Kind of the theme that I get kind of here from that I was starting to pick up on it kind of like at this point in the game was a lot of so like the the tree, if my understanding is correct, like what happened was when when you took out the um the the crystals, the, the, the stars. Of stars from the from Soul Sanctum, there was like a volcano explosion and a bunch of like psi energy crystals just kind of rained across the continent. Yes. And if I'm understanding correctly, monsters did not exist prior to that happening. All the monsters you fight in the game are new beings that have happened since that explosion happened, since you took the elemental stars away from the sanctum and the and the, the psi energy crystal started you know raining down. And all of the monsters you're actually fighting are animals that got like hit on the head with a psi energy crystal. And then changed into a monster, and that's what happens in the forest too. Is that that tree that you, that like cursed the townspeople and everything got hit with a like I assume a large psi energy crystal and like made him evil. So like these these crystals are like raining down on like plant and wildlife and like just changing the entire world. I never knew that monsters didn't exist until you were an asshole. I, I think the tree is the person who tells you that, that like he, he mentions if you like talk either him or his wife, because there's there's the two trees. You can talk to the, the, the big tree, tree and then his wife tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but let's go with that. Um, <laughs> um, but I think one of them mentions either directly or through like mind reading that all of the the the, the monsters. He says it, he at least mentions in the forest that that there were never any monsters in like that land before, and that all of them are are animals and creatures that were changed when the volcano happened. Yeah, like the the natural balance of the world has been thrown off in a, a very big way, and the world's become a much more dangerous place very right. suddenly. And then there there are both goods and there are both good and bad things that have come out of this, like the the wellspring and mm-hmm. you know being a very good thing. And then obviously monsters and, you know, uh, trees that can curse people being a bad thing. I like the part where you start going towards the tree and you're paralyzed by this 
kind of sap and it's only your uh, only your powers that protect you like a, a shield shows up and i i like the idea that you just went here without thinking about any of the consequences and come very close to being turned into trees. <laughs> and then you uh, never see that shield again for the rest of the game. Well, it's funny because Ivan brings up that, oh, maybe it's like when we get critical hits in battle, we can't always control our powers. <laughs> I really <laughs> I like that. that. It, it changed how I thought about critical hits in this game. They do a good way of working, like, what happens into the story, which I thought was really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... And, the, and this game also has lots of small dungeons, too. There's lots of little caves you go into, like, in the, after you get done with the tree and you go back to the town or any point you go to the, the tree town, there's a little, like, you just go in somebody's basement and you go through like, a little, like, cave and you go get a gin that way. Like, there's lots of little stuff in, the, in this game that I, I really like the touches of stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's the Feudal Lord's storehouse where he's keeping this elemental beast he found. <laughs> Outside <laughs> in the yard. Yeah, <laughs> and then some cool of the gin are just like everywhere. in like random locations on the world map. Like you have to go to like a specific spot on the world map and then trigger like a random battle and then you'll get a, a gin from that battle. And like they're just they're just kind of like all over the place. And a lot of them are very hard to find. If like if you don't have a guide, I took a guide and I actually found all of them. But a lot of them are very, very hard to find if you don't like know what you're looking for. I I definitely found some of the the world map ones just because I'm like oh there's a weird area of the world map I wonder if there's anything here and you know doing the old RPG trick of looking mm-hmm. for little gaps in the trees looking for secret areas and suddenly wait am I fighting a a gin it, I, it's I wouldn't have liked that if I didn't have the guide to tell me where they were because I I know when I played this game last time for the show I used the guide but I didn't go out of my way to get gin I just tried to like I was still trying to play the games a little more like oh I'm just gonna figure it out I mean that that went away but. So, like, with this time when I played the game, like, I, I looked up all the gin, but I never would have found the random gin hidden in a forest or something like that. I mean, it's very cool. Like, I can imagine if you're just playing this game casually and you're not using the guide and you're searching, like, oh, my God, that's awesome. But for me, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked yeah. it. If, if, I could see it being irritating if you're a completionist, but mm-hmm. I, I liked And I wonder if I would have minded more if this was my first playthrough, but I, I enjoyed Wherever I went, there were these cool puzzles to find these things. It definitely has that that old school um, RPG feel of like, hey, yes. there are some really nice things hidden, but you're going to have to work to find them. And it's going to be like like a brute force kind of work, like just just go until you find it kind of thing. Or don't find lucky. them all. I, I didn't find many at all. I found uh, yeah. like two or three Earth Gen by the end <laughs> and parts were really, really difficult. And it was cool. There's seven of each color, or each element. Yes. So seven ice, seven earth, seven wind, seven water. I found like, most of the water ones. Those, okay. for some reason, I just ran into those. Which is good, because that's how you... Well, that and earth, Jin, are the ways you get people healing spells. And healing spells are nice to have on your party members. Yes, they are. I think that's... most of the water ones were in dungeons. And so, like, I think the water ones were the easiest ones to find because they were mostly in dungeons and you would kind of just run across them through, like, natural exploration of a dungeon, trying to find your way through it. I, I think, like, the water and the earth ones, I think, were the or, sorry, sorry, the water and the fire ones were the ones that were harder to get because they were usually in. You mean earth uh, and fire? Yeah, er, sorry, earth and yeah. fire. Um, you usually had to kind of try to go out of your way to find them. Well, one of the earth ones is in the secret dungeon. That you, if you do it, the crossbow and aisle, that's where you find one of them. 
Yep. There's also there's some in some really random ass places too. Like some of the Earth ones are in like there's a, there's a couple of Earth ones in town. Like there's one town that I I went to the town early in the game and you have to like climb up a tower, hit a bell, makes the the gin run away somewhere else, go through a cave. Like I didn't actually I had to go. It was when I went to go beat the game and I realized I had to go all the way back because I missed this gin. Mm-hmm. So like it, they're they're well hidden in this game too sometimes. So I, I get it why you didn't find you know some of them. Yeah, the, the, I think the Earth ones, I think, are the are the were some of the hardest ones to find. I, the Earth ones, a lot of them were were like you could see them, but you wouldn't know how to get them. Like you would see yeah. them on the map, but like you can't go straight there. You would have to figure out some convoluted way to get to them. I I didn't tend to see them. I I love those puzzles, and I probably saying it now because I got a decent amount of the fire ones too. Most of those were probably the fire ones. I just could not find Earth ones. <laughs> not find Earth Gen. <laughs> They were hard to find them sometimes in the in this game. Like I, I will completely agree with that. It was a pain in the ass. <laughs> but I mean, the the reward is definitely there. Um, I think like because we mentioned earlier about classes, the a lot of the classes that you can that you can get are completely based on which gin you find. And in order for you to start using like some of the quote unquote better classes, which would be like the three element classes, you have to have I think at least five or six of of mm-hmm. every. Uh, Jin to to really start being able to make um, like three element classes like a viable option, and you kind of ultimately really need need seven to make like a full party use of it. But five or six of of each element is where you need to be able to get started on doing some of those. If so you're like do some it classes everyone. are completely inaccessible to you if you don't get most of them. Yeah, but you can definitely if you have fewer, you can still you know shuffle right. them around and get access to some more powerful spells. Also, the summon system is also interesting, too, like as I was saying, but as you, you know, you use them, you get the you get like build up where you can do summons and then you do the summons that you do. Like you can use you up to four is the max level and you get different things that will happen. I only did level four because that's how I play, but I thought it was I, I like the system. Yeah. And I love the animations. Can we talk a little bit about how this game looks? Sure. We yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it looks it's, fantastic. It, it's the most two thousand one looking video game. It, <laughs> it well, it looks like a Sega Saturn game. It looks like uh, I played Shining the Holy Ark, which is their previous turn based RPG they made before Golden Sun, and that's actually a game in three D. And I'm like, this looks exactly like Golden Sun, and this isn't in three D. You know, the Game Boy Advance couldn't really do that, but they're like scrolling around these mat backgrounds uh, and rotating these scanned in 3d models of sprites they have these really dramatic looks in battle these huge summon animations and the the sounds in battle i, I know that's less how it looks but it's all pew, 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 just such a bombastic looking battle system i loved it and it, it must have blown my mind on the game boy advance as a kid oh, i like it better i'm looking at shiny holy ark now that you mention it i like what we got instead a lot more in this game i don't like what i see in the saturn yeah, I, I mean, that's also a game that was really rushed to production to try and beat Final Fantasy VII to market and got completely oh. overshadowed. But it's it's the same kind of look like you. You, de- yeah. you see the you see the lineage. Yeah, um, I just don't like the way it, it looks. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. The uh, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the summons in this game and a lot of the um, uh, like synergy effects, basically magic, if, you know, spells for in combat and even out of combat. There are a lot of a lot of things that have. It's not 3D, but like they very, they look very good. They they look almost kind of like 3D effects. 
I, and for for a Game Boy, like that was like they they the art direction on on it and and stuff uh, is phenomenal. My my guess is they were modeled in 3D and then scanned in a sprite, sort of like in Donkey Kong Country. That that they, would make sense. It, they it look looks like better than models. Donkey Kong Country, though. <laughs> I like how Donkey play play that with the CRT filter. Donkey Kong Country is pretty game. <laughs> I, I really like the graphics too. I think the sprite models are good in this game. Like everything I think just pops very well. It has a very mainly a very colorful palette too in this game. Mm-hmm. It's a very pretty game still. Like it's it's not bad. Yeah, I, I dig how it looks. But I, I, I have a great love of thirty two bit RPGs. This was the first one I played, probably. I don't know if I played many thirty two bit RPGs. Because uh, I'm more of a 16-bit era. I mean, 32. What is 32-bit even really? It's mainly what Game Boy Advance and PS1. And okay, so that I would have played a lot then on PS1. So yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just never really think of 32-bit because I think of polygons. I'm thinking of you know PlayStation One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is definitely of that era. This is the the gene system is pretty similar to in some ways to the Materia system in Final Fantasy VII. That's kind of no, it's, it's yeah. closest cousin I can think of. It's like move these different elements around to make your party how you and want it. Another dungeon. Well, there's a couple things I want to mention, but one thing I want to mention next is another dungeon that kind of sticks out to me was when you go to the Mogol forest, that one, like, oh, I yeah, thought that, that was, was weird. Hmm? <laughs> that one was weird. It was. Cause you're like, you're kind of in a maze at one point you have to like punch trunk or not trunks t- punch. God, what the hell the word stumps. I want? The, stumps. Yeah. Stumps. That's the word I want. Not DBZ characters. Stumps. You have to punch the stumps, and then a monster will jump out, and then you follow the monster to know what trail to go through. I I enjoyed that dungeon, actually. I mean, it, yeah, it's a dungeon. I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of cool. I remember They're... going through that my first time, and I did that. I, I would, like, punch the stump, and you'd follow the monster to know which, which way to go through the maze. On my second playthrough, just, you know, this time, I forgot that that was a thing. And so I just brute forced my way through the dungeon and I just like kept trying every path until I found my way out. I got rather lucky just kind of like trying random paths, getting through it. Um, but I completely forgot that that was a thing. And so like I got to the very end of the dungeon and like couldn't get out because you're supposed to punch the last stump and then the boss comes out and then it opens a, a way for you to, to leave the dungeon. So I got all the way to the end of it and couldn't figure out what to do until I remembered that I had to punch the stump and then I, to be able to fight the boss. Yeah. You, <laughs> you go to this very Shaolin temple coded area, like very Chinese. Uh, and one character teaches it. Do they teach Ivan or do they just give you, or do you just you, find you go through a little test and you get an item that gives you force, yeah. which is where I, I realized what they were sort of doing with synergy, synergy, where there is this power that's been, present in the world and every culture has their own take on it but they're all kind of protective of it and i thought that was a really cool bit of world building where no magic exists in this world but different parts of the world think it's different things have different cultural traditions around it i thought that was awesome and that's where you first that that's where you first start getting hints of that and you go through this shaolin temple test and get some magic to punch some stumps (laughs) It it does a good job of always of giving you new items or new things that you need to progress through the game. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of getting items that you then have to that take up inventory space and you have to equip on characters to give them psi energy spells. But it worked. I just didn't like it because it took away my, you know, and you don't have much inventory in this game, which I did not like. I, I did find myself uh, towards the beginning. It was fine. But once you get kind of like the middle 
the game, you quickly start running out of inventory space. Um, and I find my I found myself just constantly just selling everything, like anything. Mm -hmm. it, oh, you just you cure poison? Okay, sell it. You cure nope. curses? Nope, sell it. I I don't need it. I I have a a magic spell that will do the same thing, so I don't need you as an item. Yeah, that's kind of how I was too. I, I didn't super mind it. You have way more inventory space than, say, an early Dragon Quest game, I, which I guess is just what I'm used to. <laughs> didn't have to fiddle quite as much. Just like, yeah, I, I can deal with this level of annoyance. Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that that stuff would annoy me. I mean, also the one of the other things that did annoy me in this game, which is very old school. Is the fact that like if you if when you're when your party targets an enemy, if said mm -hmm. enemy dies, they just defend. They don't attack anymore. Yeah, which is annoying because in any you know later RPG, they would just attack the next enemy that's alive. But in this game, being kind of very old school, they just it, don't do anything. Even they in, early, in earlier RPGs, that's a that's a really dated mechanic at this point. Uh, I I think it kind of made the earlier parts a little more interesting because most of what you're doing are multi-target spells, and it's like. Okay, how how am I going to make this a little more efficient? Like, I mean, it worked. I mean, I had to play a little better, but I didn't like it because then it's you can't just jab a button as much as I wanted to. Yeah, I, I think Final Fantasy got rid of that after the first game. Like that's that's how old it is. Yeah, I it's, a, it's, a, it's something game. I haven't seen in a long time. I was I was surprised when they pulled it out. I'm like, this has been a while. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, a Yeah, I thing. haven't played very many games that do that. I remember that being. I remember running across that issue at the beginning. Like when you use your your normal attack, but when you use a um, multi-target like psi energy um, attacks, it, it really didn't come back up for me. Uh, most of I just mostly would just spam like like an attack that can just you know attack the entire enemy team. And then if your main target dies, it'll still deal damage to everybody yeah. else. So it didn't really bother me quite as much. Mostly just probably because I just stuck with with psi energy that would attack the entire enemy team. Yeah, they'll still let you target that empty space, which you wouldn't be able to target if it was the beginning of a round. Yeah. Uh, I also is, didn't use spells as much. Like, I mean, the game forced me to, but I would try to play the game without using a lot of spells because I'm that kind of gamer where I like to just beat everything with physical attacks for some reason <laughs> and save my MP just for healing. But this game forced me to have to use spells. Plus, after every battle, you you refill some of your psi energy after. So the game does a good job of being like, okay, this is how you're supposed to do it, even though I, I wouldn't always agree with what the game wanted me to do. But I like it that I I mean so later on I would use spells all the time because I'm like well I should be using them they're useful they're better the game you know you know rewards me for doing it I mean I get psi energy so I just started doing it but it was it was hard for me to break that habit of wanting to use spells and you can kind of get around it in most dungeons with summons because there's kind of a cooldown period after you use a summon where the gem is just totally useless but it's really not that long it's usually going to be before your next random battle so you can just toggle them into standby, which you can do right on the menu. You don't have to use them. Start a battle with a big summon and just keep trucking. They end up getting a little repetitive for me. It's the Final Fantasy VIII problem where it's like, no, there's really no penalty to using summons over and over again. Especially in this where you can skip animations, thank God. Um, really nice quality of life thing for 2001. <laughs> the balance is a little weird. Yeah, I, I found that that if, if I just kind of stuck to using multi-target spells... I very rarely ever felt like I was going to ever like be in danger, even in boss fights. Like for me, it might be. Uh, I think I had a bit of a different experience because I, I I did collect all the gin. I used a guide. I didn't use a guide for like where to go, but I used a guide just telling me where the gin would be located, so I knew you know oh I need to go off on this side path to grab this one. 
but having all of them, I definitely felt like I was a bit overpowered from most of the game. The only fight that I actually had trouble with was the secret boss. Mm-hmm. That one gave me quite a bit of trouble. But otherwise, the the most of the fights, yeah, it was like one, I would cast maybe two multi-target spells and the battle would be over. And then for boss fights, it was a lot of the same. I never really felt like I was in danger of dying or anything like that or, or, or my team wiping out. Speaking of death, I only died on one boss in this game, and I died on the same boss both times that I played this game for the show. Uh, when you go on the when you go on the ship at one point because yep. you're traveling across the continent and you you fight a giant squid. For some reason, both times I played this game, that squid kicked my ass. That, that was time. the hardest boss for me too. I so when you die, you just go back to the last church you went to. Oh, okay. Without losing any of your experience or, or gold, so it's it's what? really nice, really Dragon Questy. But for that, there's this whole scripted sequence where you're supposed to be guarding the oarsmen on the ship and monsters keep attacking and running down. And the animation starts with you running into the room. So it's like, why weren't you there? And they've always knocked out one of the oarsmen. You need to go up and choose one of the like asshole tour group passengers to row, (laughs) Um, which is funny, except... They use the exact same dialogue three times in a row before finally you're you stay below deck and they're like, no, there's a big monster on deck and then you die and do it again. <laughs> I ended up just reloading my save and really having to tinker with my gin. That one took me three or four tries and he's a hard boss. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it, though. That's where I really like, OK, there's a lot of flexibility to the system. I can really route out my job classes to eek by. So. Uh, this is one of, one thing I wanted to talk about uh, while we were here is 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 this this trip this this boat trip that you take. So while you're doing it, like you said, that you're supposed to be guarding the oarsmen, and you're just Isaac is clearly not. Like he's on a completely different part of the ship, and they just the enemy just run right past him and knock out one of the oarsmen. It's like okay, and <laughs> yeah. it, it happens three or four times in a row, and it's so just ridiculous. But the, the part that 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 I found super cool is. When you're told, hey, you're going to have to pick a new oarsman, you yeah. need to make sure that they're strong and that uh, they can keep up with the other oarsmen, because if they can't row, you know, in time with everyone else, then they're going to mess it up because they'll be rowing out of beat. All the oarsmen, oarsmen need to be in sync. If you pick the wrong people and you have to pick like specifically like two weak people on the left and two strong people on the right, so it's not balanced at all, you the boat will deviate and not go to the next part of the game, it'll actually take you to the secret optional dungeon of the game where you can run into the like, the, the secret super boss. Well, you can't go all the way down there yet. You can only do a couple floors. Okay. Yeah, I, I read about that last night, actually, and I'm just like, that's so cool when you can get some yeah. powerful gear early on. Yeah, and it, like it, it's full of, pow- of super powerful gear. Even if you can't get all the way to the bottom to actually get to that, that super I, boss, like even if you can get, you know, three, four floors down, because I think it's like a 10-4 dungeon or something like that. There's some really powerful gear there. So like by you actually doing the wrong thing and messing up, you can actually come out with some really powerful gear. Do, do you still have to fight the Kraken? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. <laughs> so you, you just completely avoid the Kraken fight. It's going to be well worth it then. That's a hard fight. So when I was a kid, I was stuck on that. And I was playing this game with my friend Sam. And Sam loved grinding in games. And I was like, oh, no, it doesn't really make a difference. Like, it's such a small difference whenever you level up. 
and I tried and tried and tried to fight this Kraken. And then Sam said, just, just give me your Game Boy for 20 minutes. And he grinded for 20 minutes and handed it back, and I beat the Kraken the next, next time I fought it. Um, I, I think that's the experience I've had. I didn't have a problem with the Kraken, and I think it's because I grinded. I, I have a tendency to do, like, like one or two minutes of grinding in each area. Like, I'll, I, like every area I go to or the mm-hmm. dungeon I go into, I'll, I won't do a lot of grinding, so to speak, but I'll get to, like, where I think, okay, the boss is going to be in the next room, and I'll do, like, three or four extra fights. I'll just, like, fight three extra sets of enemies in every single area, so it's just kind of, like, adding a little bit extra a- as I go. And so I, I think that that honestly might have been a little bit too much for the game, to where, like, throughout the entire game, I, was, I just had a couple extra levels that made a lot of it seem, you know, trivial well, almost. Well, you also had all the gin. Which yes, make a big difference. It makes that that makes a, lot a huge difference because every gen you have gives you stat bonuses. Yeah, and new abilities and easier access to summons. I'm usually a big grinder, but I, I don't know if it was the the time limit for this game or whether or if I'd played it before. But I was like, no, I'm just gonna take this game at my own pace and figure it out. And you know, had fun doing basically a low level playthrough, which I, I want to do more of, of this game because a lot of RPGs, RPG stories work for me now when I don't know if the heroes can win. Like, I'm just a little more excited. <laughs> That's understandable. I'd say decidedly in, in this game at the end, the, the heroes did not win in, in Dragon Age 1. No, they they did not win. Or not Dragon Age, gosh. Golden Sun. Um, Golden Sun. In Golden Sun, they, they, they didn't win. Well, well, we'll get to the ending when we get there. Yeah. I'm like the ending. There's a couple things I, I want to mention. One, I can't remember the name of, ta- of the town, and I'm looking up. It's not helping me. What is a town you go in that's all flooded because the statues came to oh. life because of you? What is that name? Yeah, like the guardian statues of the town. Yeah, and you have to go in there and destroy these statues, and then you end up making it so that way they stop flooding the town, so they you could access the other the other the other parts of the town. Uh, like this whole town has been flooded. <laughs> And that was so cool because you're you're moving in and out of this dungeon and opening up more of this town. Just the the dungeon, every single dungeon in this game has something cool about it. There's really no creative. filler in this game. This was a good is, one too. Yeah, it's a cool dungeon, and I did find the secret gin there. That was that was every, a fun yeah, extra puzzle. I think every dungeon. I, I don't think that there were any any turds of, for for dungeons. They they were all they were all good. I mean. I'm not the biggest fan of the Lamonkin de- desert where you have a heat meter and you have to like run and jump and spring. So was, <laughs> was the second desert I didn't like with the tornadoes and the Okay, that was annoying too. But I mean they're still cool. Like they're not bad dungeons. They're they're interesting. They both have different, you know, gimmicks that work. Like the one where, oh, he gets so hot, we gotta go find a spring to jump in, otherwise we're gonna lose a bunch of health. Like and then the other desert that you go to later is, uh, the, I think it was the Sahala Desert, where you have... Yeah, go- probably it's, mistranslated from Sahara, yeah. or changed it just a bit to feel more natural. And and that the, that one was annoying, too, because like you said, you have these trails you have to jump into or avoid, I think, at one point, and yeah, that was annoying. But where you have to that jump one got me. And then you can then fight a, fight a mini-boss and continue on with the game. That was the first... I, I want to say, like, point in the game, the the Sahala Desert, where you have to, like, run into the tornado, and then you have to cast your Cyanergy to, like, make it rain on the tornado. And that one got me. Like, I, I genuinely got stumped there. And I didn't want to use a guide. I wanted to, like, just try to do it, because I didn't have the same time constraints that you guys did. So, like, I wanted to, like, try to do it as best as I could. And I think after, like, an hour and a half of just, like, racking my brain, like, talking to people, using 
mind read on people, like trying to figure out what to do. I just one and one was not equaling two for me. And I, I couldn't put it together that I had to use uh, that I had to make, I had to put water on the tornado because that's just such like a, a strange concept. Like I, you know, that well, you would want to you would want to pig be picked up by the tornado and then make it rain on the tornado. Get out like it just wasn't going for me. Well, you you hear what happened. You hear there are these soldiers trying to get through the desert and they realize the only way they can get through the tornadoes was to douse them with water. Yeah. But they had to carry these huge buckets of water and the people ahead of them had no problem getting through because, you know, they could make it rain like you can. I and think Satoros and Minardi. I think for me, the issue was that I forgot I had that spell mm. <laughs> because you've never used it before. Like, like that's the first time that I I think I could be wrong, but I, I think that's the first time that you Not ever wrong. use that spell. And so I completely forgot that it existed. I, I think that I think that was my problem. Like I, I realized that I had to use water in some way. And I was trying to figure out a way to like get a barrel or bring a barrel with me or some way to get water. And I just had completely forgotten that that spell even existed. It, well, it's it's used for a puzzle earlier, but it, it was a while back. Okay. That then gives you the, the ability, too, which is kind of weird. Well, it's an item you can get. And I'm pretty sure some classes just have it. Like some. Oh, OK. Classes. I never saw it because I didn't switch around the classes. And I guess, yeah, like if you do switch around your classes, you can end up you in a part like that where like where you're going through your synergy and you may just not even have that 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 ability because you've switched your classes mm. around and so that's not one that's in your repertoire you would have to then like realize that that is a spell uh, a synergy that like is available and then have to change your classes back to something that would give you that ability mm-hmm. which i i did constantly in the part right before <laughs> that which was like probably my favorite part of the game you so you rescue this old man in a cave who's using one of those items that, that give you the spells to make himself invisible, uh, except he can't move. So you go deep into the cave to find the uh, the draft of Lemuria, which he's yes. using to keep himself alive. And he's like, oh, are you Lemurians? And you're like, oh, what are you talking about? And it's like, oh, you're adepts. Oh, I want to talk about this. And then he's interrupted by his guards. So instead of getting answers, you have to fight in this tournament back in town, except he's so clearly way more interested in your powers than the competition. He rigs the whole thing so you can cheat using your uh, using your psi energy. So you need to kind of seed the crowd with your with your party members so they can cheat on this obstacle course so you can get more items for the battle. And you could actually lose it. Op- you can lose that entire thing, and it doesn't. It doesn't affect anything. You get a different item, and that's it. What item do you get if you lose? I don't know because I didn't do it. I just know that you don't fail the game. You just get a weaker item. Okay, I, but I I thought that part was super cool, and you know I was pretty underpowered, so I was had needed all those items and had to find out battle strategies to do that. And I love the definitely- idea that he's just throwing this entire tournament into disarray because he wants to see your psychic powers <laughs> and it's building tension for those answers. You're finally about to get, I, I thought it was so good. It's really that cool. That was definitely one of the better parts of the game for me, that, that entire kind of like tournament thing. That was, that was one of the highlights of the game. I thought that was super fun. It's very cool. And it's very unique too, where it's just an obstacle course. I mean, I played this game mostly in times two speed, which made this harder because I had to actually I'm switch sure. off so I could do the puzzle a little better because it was too fast. Well, this is a slow game. I mean, same. Well, anytime I play a Game Boy Advance game, same with like Pokemon, I always put times two speed on to sp- to make the game go faster. It's way faster than Pokemon. Give it some credit. 
It is, yes. No, Pokemon is terribly slow, <laughs> but still, the game is too slow for me. <laughs> I like imagining the tournament from the perspective of the rest of the crowd, and they're like, oh, we're suddenly allowed right up to the obstacles, and then suddenly this giant pillar of ice appears, and logs start <laughs> moving on their own, and this log shows up and jams this conveyor belt. Vines start growing out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> It's like something fishy's going on, but I'm drunk and I'm having a good time. So whatever. And they're they're only happening on this one side to benefit this one person. <laughs> the other guy gets none of this. Oh, <laughs> well, who knows? You don't see what's happening. <laughs> Maybe there's like this other band of heroes. Although I guess if you lose to them, you still get the job. So yeah, so there's no one else. And then and like and to get to 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 find the old guy, which then leads you to a tournament, you have to go through a dark cave, which I I didn't really like this place. This annoyed me where you're like a very dark cave. You can't see very well. Well, you could use reveal to see a little bit more, which I yeah. thought. Was neat, but still, dark mazes very. I'm just not one. a fan of dark caves in any yeah. game, including very Pokemon. old school. Yeah, especially when there's no like real like, reveal works, but reveal only doesn't like follow you, especially mm-hmm. like if there's no like way to like brighten up the dungeon completely or anything or even give you like an air like well, a radius around you where you can will follow you like random re- battles are loading it deloads the darkness yeah that so. was one of the best parts of it is that yeah when when the battles load it deloads the darkness so you would get a quick glimpse of like of everything on the map and i would just be like okay memorize it what's uh where do i need to go not in time yeah. two speed you don't that's too fast <laughs> That, that was not my favorite part of the game. And you have to, like, memorize these, like, which rocks apply to which colors. And if you don't, I, I remembered. But if you don't, you have to go back and talk to the guy. That was uh, annoying. That puzzle took me a little while. I had to look because I was using the guide, but the guy didn't really explain it. And I had to look up stuff like I do not understand this puzzle. I, I was all. just like chanting the, the order of the colors to myself. And I was like, I'm still going to remember this by the time we podcast. And I totally don't. But <laughs> but yeah, the, the stuff that came after that. And it's so also cool. kind of funny how you just find an old guy who, who uses a cloaking spell, who's then hidden in a tunnel and like passed out because he, he ran out of medicine. And luckily for him, you guys come and find him. Otherwise, he just would have died in the tunnel. Yeah, you, you <laughs> can see it. Yeah, he, yeah, he would have just wasted away and been dead. Yeah. So this guy, Bobby, is sort of... The the lord of this town, he's amassed this huge fortune because he's lived for hundreds of years. By how how did he get the draft? Um, did did he, he end up going Lemuria to Lemuria? Okay. Yeah, he went to Lemuria on accident. I think uh, hundreds of years ago, his boat kind of just wound up in in this place called Lemuria that had never been mentioned before in the game. And you never um, go to it in this game either. Yeah, and you never go to in this game. My what I get of it is basically it's like an island of like the original adepts, like yeah. the, like, and then like they migrated from Lemuria to like the continent, and that's where like the adepts came from. They all came from Lemuria, and uh, he got basically like this water that it makes him live longer. And it's interesting because he he would be the villain in most versions of stories about alchemy. <laughs> Just this guy who's taken over this town with his great wealth manipulating everything around him so he can discover the secret of youth. And you're just like, yeah, I, I don't know our our objectives align, I guess. So we'll work for this guy uh, until the ending where you're, you're sailing off in his boat and just like, we're totally screwing this guy over and just looking for Jenna. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, he definitely, th- there are definitely parts of it where he's talking to you. I mean, he's talking about how, how he, he needs to get back to Memoria 
because he's running out of his anti-aging potion, his uh, elixir of life, or you know, and how he has to have it, and he'll do anything that he needs. And as as he's reading, as he's talking to you, and I'm like, this is the villain. Like this guy is a villain. Like everything he's saying to you re- screams oh. villain. Mm-hmm. And then and your character are just like, okay, we'll help you. Doesn't he kidnap a young girl to blackmail a nation into building a lighthouse to him so yes. he can guide ships to it? Yes, okay. he did. Yeah, he's yeah. completely a villain. But it's funny that just, no, her objectives are aligned, so why not? I don't know if you didn't realize she's kidnapped as much either. I can't remember if you're aware. If, if you talk to her, they mention it. it yeah, she it's says, kind of, I think they call her a ward, but it, but like it, you can actually find her room. Mm-hmm in in the castle and like talk to like her handmaid or something and then oh, the, the handmaid will... too oh okay yeah. um but yeah but, they'll they'll tell you that basically she's been she's not she's been kidnapped well they they won't say that she says like oh she's been a guest here for a while and if you read her mind yeah. it's like it's pretty terrible what this guy's doing so i guess we'll find out in lost age like i'm i'm really excited to see the rest of the story because i'm i'm invested in this world and really don't know where the story is going yeah, I do know where it ends. I, I won't ruin I do it too, for you. But okay, you do know? Uh, in broad strokes, I, I know the premise of Dark Dawn, the, the third okay. Golden Sun game that came out eight years later and nobody played and ends on a cliffhanger. Um, okay. That we'll never get. I, I doubt it will. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's been out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we're, not gonna, we're not getting Came out it. 11 years ago at this point. That, that's yeah. one of those games that's kind of on the shelf of never going to be finished. Yeah. I'll I'll probably play it if I finish Lost Age because I like Camelot RPGs. I I grew up with the Shining series and I grew up with this game and realized oh this is just a Shining game for Nintendo. And I like their Mario sports games. This game is designed by one of the fathers of Waluigi. Uh, <laughs> so there's and then one other thing I thought was also interesting about this game is this game has two optional dungeons to go to. The first one being after you finish this and you get the the stealth because you after you do the whole tournament, and you do everything. He gives you the item that gave him stealth. If you go and talk to him again when he's in bed, you have to you have to go all I the way back. I know that it's completely optional. And the dungeon's optional, too, where then you because earlier in the game, you would when you meet Ivan, you you meet these merchants that are heading back to one of the towns that you go to. Right. I think it's Toby and they're idiots and decide to go north because the bridge is out and they go into a town full of thieves and they get captured by the thieves and you can go back to the, you can go to that town, which is near where you started the game. And this is where you end up, like you go through a whole stealth dungeon, which is, I think it's very interesting. You have to cast a spell, hide in the shadows, you know, time the guards and run past them to go through this dungeon to then rescue the merchant that you've been, that, that happened way earlier in the game. And that's a big part of Ivan's story. Like I, Ivan was adopted by this guy and he's like, but I, Ivan feels like the chosen one of every place you go, which I thought was kind of fun. That's not your main character, but yeah, I guess that really pays off his story. I should go back and do that. It is a pretty cool little event too to do it. it it's not bad. I enjoyed it. And you have to do it twice. Like you do it the first time you rescue the merchant, you beat the boss, and then you leave and you got to go back in again and go partway through it to find and there's a woman standing in front of a doorway that you saw earlier, and she wouldn't move. But now if you go in there and talk to the old guy in the bed next to her, now she'll move, and there's a djinn hidden in a cave. Okay. It's something that I never would have known about if it wasn't for the fact that I had a guy that told me, yeah, go do this. Because you I wouldn't. You go to her, and you talk to her, she's like, you can't go in here, and that's it. Oh, no, I captured a creature, and there's a creature hidden in here, which, again, I referenced a djinn, but I wouldn't have thought to go back after I beat the dungeon to try to get it. Mm-hmm. It's And then there's also a hidden djinn in vault that you can't get to. 
And so you have the lift spell, which you get way later in the game. So the game expects you to backtrack all the way. And backtracking is not easy because there is no fast travel. There is no airship. There is nothing that you get to you. You literally have to walk back and go through caves and things. The game ends as soon as you get the boat. (laughs) So once you get the boat and you go across the sea, if you can go directly north to the start of the game, that bridge that was out at the beginning of the game is rebuilt now. So you don't have to go okay. necessarily all. The, you still have to make a bit of a trip up, but you don't have to like go way out of your way and all no, the way back. It, it took me a while to figure out what to do. I had I had to look up multiple guides and they weren't. I'm like, what cave do I use? And it took a while before I finally found out there's a certain cave where you have an ability. Now you can push a rock over a lift a rock over to let you get through. Otherwise, hmm. you can't get back. Right. Yeah. Th- there are some kind of like shortcuts back. It's still a little bit of a trip of a trip, but it's it's not quite as bad as having to no, go all the way it, back. But but you kind of have to figure out that these shortcuts are there. It's very confusing. Yes. And I was annoyed because you can't go back to the boat. And then if you go around the, the lake or the o- lake or ocean, whatever the hell, not an ocean, lake, whatever it is, you can't. Yeah. There's a mudslide that happened where you can't get through to get to other towns. Like you, you have to go. Yeah, there's a, a little right there. <laughs> it's very annoying. Like I was I was frustrated with this part because I didn't think because I wanted to go back. I wanted to get all the gin in this game. I wanted to 100 percent this game for the show. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to because I can't figure out how to get back. And it took me multiple Google searches to find the one cave that has an entrance that will lead me back to where I were to the other part of the game. I might go on a bit of a hunt before I go on to Lost Age because there is a secret code in the Lost Age manual to enter on the title screen that will bring a password to transfer your data into Lost Age and, and you keep all your gin and levels only- and stuff. 15 pages worth yeah of i saw those codes and the, you, like you can pick like how how much stuff you want to bring over and it's like okay like the level like the the first basic stuff is like a 16 digit code and then like like level two or you know most of your stuff but not quite all of it is is like a three or five page like code of like this is like 300 characters long and then like all of your stuff is like a it's 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 somewhere around like a thousand plus character code or something mm-hmm. around there and it's like it is that's it is 260 it is 260 it is not that bad okay okay <laughs> it's still so, bad though it's, it's still really still bad, bad. <laughs> and yeah, i'm gonna I, have to when we do lost age i save the code of, i i screenshotted all the pages because i played this on a phone and <laughs> I am ready to input that monster code when we get there. And that's the thing. When you were a kid, you could, I guess you could take a camera, but I remember writing down every individual character because I didn't have like a second Game Boy to do that with. I I think, so that's a feature that's also in Shining Force 3, which was released in three volumes, the game they made right before this. And it makes a lot of sense if you can just put in another disc and load your save data. And I'm pretty sure they decided to do this without thinking of what it would take to actually do that on a Game Boy Advance. You uh, can I, connect them if you have, you, you know, like a, a link cable. A link yes. cable. And a second and Game Boy. That way. And a second, you know, so, hey, friend, uh, Johnny, can I borrow your Game Boy for the day? Yeah, or maybe you get a DS. <laughs> can can um, I have it after school? I'll, I'll bring it back to school. I'll bring it back to school tomorrow. <laughs> oh, one thing I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but I, I want to bring it up since you just said that. I actually didn't, I never had a Game Boy Advance, so I didn't play this game until I bought a DS and I played it on there, because you just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. That was my first introduction to this game. All right, and I think the only dungeon, besides the final dungeon that we have left to talk about, is we should talk about Crossbow Isles pretty quick. Yeah, sure. 
I like crossbow Niles. I mean, I when I when I played this game for the show last time, I completely avoided it because I just wanted to be done with the game and move on. But this time I had more time. So I'm like, I want to do everything. I actually like this dungeon. It's a bunch of just it's just a bunch of different floors, which a bunch of puzzles that make you use psi energy. And at each and you find a mini boss at the, at the beginning of each each floor. Like I thought it was actually pretty cool. I was surprised. Yeah, it was it was really fun. The the puzzles were weren't super hard or super easy. They all had like a direct route through them. And then if you wanted to get like some of the bonus gear, they had, you know, a little bit of a harder path through. You know, and and I did that. I got almost all the bonus gear. The part that kind of broke me a little bit was some of the gear is cursed, where when you equip it, you can't unequip it. Nice. Very that irritated me quest. a lot. And then um there is the cursed gear also will make you randomly miss attacks as well. If you have a curse on a cursed item on you, I think it's missed attacks. I think is is the effect. But correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure that like like one in like four of your attacks beyond like your normal chance to miss, like you also have an additional like twenty five or thirty percent chance of missing any any attack. And there's another item that you can get, like a ring that negates that effect. Yes. And I made the mistake oh. of I got all the weapons, but I didn't equip the best weapon because I equipped something else first before I real. And I was using safe state to mess around. And I was I was a little irritated and I just I never got the best weapon in the game because I forgot to grab. I grabbed it. Then I reloaded my safe state and I forgot to grab it again the second time. How do you get rid of the cursed items? Do you have to like go to a church? Yes. I don't know. OK, you go to a you go to a sanctuary. You have to oh. go to one of the churches and then there's an there's an option for um, like remove curse or remove item or something like that, and they'll they'll take it off of you. The item still remains cursed, but they just basically unequip it from you for you. Oh, I wish I would have known that because I would have did that. It's the <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Speaking of the of the sanctuary of the churches, like I never use them, not once. I be, beyond being able to remove a cursed item, uh, which I never actually did. I was fine with the with how I ended up equipping them. I never used any of the services of the church. Which they were oh. all. None of them were like heal your party. It was it was like remove curse or remove poison or well, I guess revive revive a down yeah, ally. I, I used but, it to revive. Same. But like I always had like a gin that could revive an ally or a psi energy that could you know heal or remove a poison or something. So like I never really made a lot of use of the churches just because I felt like the the, the game did a good job of giving you what you needed to avoid needing to go to the church. I guess. Again, depending on your your power level, like I I died a lot, and that spawned you at the the <laughs> closest sanctuary, and it's like okay, then pay some money to revive everyone and, and get back on the road. The uh, getting back to Crossbone Island, the the boss though, the final boss there did even over leveled gave me a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. No, I can I can get it. I I had problems in this game sometimes. I haven't fought him yet. I should. The Blackbeard, oh, he was a cool fight though. That yeah. I was scared to fight him the first time because he just, but I'm like, okay, I'll try it. I actually, it's actually a really good fight. Like it was a lot of fun. It's kind of, it is, it is very challenging, but I thought it was very well done too. Just the way that he is. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I had, I probably, I don't know if, if it was maybe like my battle tactics up to that point in the game, because I typically didn't use any of the Jin's abilities or summon the Jin in, in any combat. Most of my stuff, most of my combat just revolved around, I'm just going to use my synergy, my magic abilities, and just blast people with that. And that's gotten me through up to that point. But with Blackbeard, that tactic didn't work at all. So I, 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 <laughs> I had to, because up to this point, I had been doing, um, I think, 
what you guys were doing with the gin and just assigning them to like their normal person. I wasn't messing around with different classes really. I was just going with the base bear classes. And I I had such so much trouble with that particular fight. I actually went out and looked up a guide on like some of the better uh, classes you could get. I redid all their classes to be like uh, the three element classes. Um, still had trouble with it, and then had to look up some other stuff on on how to get them. I I just had so much so much trouble with that fight. I probably lost uh, in the neighborhood of around twenty fights before I actually Damn, wow. finished them. And then the way I ended up winning was through a, a summon rush. So basically, I just yeah. put all of my gin and was like, okay, all of you guys, uh, before the fight, I'm turning, I'm putting you all in standby. So all of my characters are super weak. None of my gin are equipped. And then when the <laughs> fight started, I just spammed all of my gin um, to summon them um, to get some really strong attacks in. And then in round two, I summoned them again and ended the fight. And that's how I ended up fighting him and winning. I I couldn't beat him through like normal battle tactics. I, I had to do uh, a summon rush on him to just spam it. I, I started most boss fights with summons because they also power up your spells. Yes, they will. You get you get pretty good bonuses from 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 summoning. Mm-hmm. And anyone can use a summon. Uh, anyone can use any standby gen, so you can sort of. Which I thought is also really around. really very different from a lot of other RPGs. Usually, like you'll assign a particular summon to a specific character. But in this game, that's not the case. Like once something is ready to summon, anyone can use the summon. Yeah. And since your classes are potentially changing throughout a battle, I think that's a really clever idea. It Um, is. And you can also, you know, have people who maybe don't have as much to do in a battle, uh, use (laughs) Jin to get them ready for that summon. And, yeah, you know, maybe throw some status effects on there. When when I fought Blackbeard, I did that a lot too, where I was casting all my summons just so I could keep doing things like that. That fight was just about nutrition too. Like I had, or no, maybe no, I didn't do something. Sorry, final boss fight I did something. This fight I just kind of just kept using certain spells. I healed every single turn because if I didn't, he would murder me. So, and it was just about nutrition. I would use save state just to make sure I didn't fuck up too bad. Like if I didn't have a really bad turn, that just cost because there were he can kill you very quickly if you aren't if you make a bad move and a bad turn like if yes. you decide not to heal like i'm gonna be greedy and attack another time like he will massacre you sometimes yeah the, he he had some really really rough attacks especially because he gets to go yeah i think he gets two moves per round yep and so it depending on on which ones he decides to use he can if you're if you're not if you don't have enough hp he can just kind of like one round just ko your entire party if he ends up you know if you get like a bad uh a bad round of attacks yeah, he's he's an asshole, <laughs> but he's a cool secret boss. He's the hardest boss in the game, and I like that he was there because it's completely yes. optional. You don't need to mess with, and you don't. I don't remember what you even get for beating him. I know that something will be different in in the second game. There's a dialogue choice that's different. In yeah, me. I read that. Yeah, there's there's it. something something different about dialogue. I wasn't for sure exactly what, but I am interested to see how they portray Isaac, the main character in Lost Age, because he he's a silent protagonist in this game. Yeah. Felix is in the second, and he, he talks in Lost Age. Oh, and one thing and, that we had forgotten to mention is one of the other people in the other group, which are with the two villains that you meet very early in the game, that Saturos and something, they're the ones that... Minardi. Minardi, they're the ones that set up the first issue that caused the accident three years, you know, three years before when the game started, and they're the ones that push you to get the elemental stars, take them from you. Their team is Felix, Jenna... And Kyle is another one of the characters, which is the brother of Mia that you find out earlier in the game, which we just didn't mention. 
And then Shiva, the one that's in prison, that was a ward of that one castle. She's also part of their team in the second game. Yeah. Well, or in their group in this game. But so basically in Dark Ages, you take over the you basically take over the party of like the villains kind mm. not necessarily like the two main villains, but like uh, you take over like people who were in the party of the villains for the first game. You it kind of like switches sides on you basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Felix is a silent protagonist in lost age and Isaac can talk and I have no idea what his personality is going to be like, because almost every cutscene is everyone else's, you know, saying their lines and stuff. And Garrett's talking for Isaac and Isaac frowns. That's the only way he emotes. There's <laughs> oh. just this little frown emoji that keeps showing up over his head. <laughs> we also never had mentioned the emoticons that they have in this game. As people talk, they get little faces above their above their sprites and things that show what they're feeling. Yeah, it cool. feels a little ahead of its time. These very like Japanese emoji. Yeah, it. it I mean, especially boxes. now, we think about emoji are such a big you know way people communicate too mm-hmm. in text and other things like it. Yeah, it was definitely ahead of its time. And they they have the. Your dialogue options are only nodding or shaking your head, just like in the Shining games. But now there's a little animation of Isaac going like, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. it's very cute. One no, thing, I'm, I, I'm okay I may have that. missed this in the game. Maybe it's something that I just didn't didn't get or didn't figure out. But for me, at least, it kind of seemed like a, like a nice little interesting like location. Um, is I found this, this, this area on the world map you can go to. And you walk up a little path, and then there's a cave. And there's a guard in front of the cave, and the guard just simply says, "Sorry, you're not allowed to go through here." And I, I can't remember if, if I ever found maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering this this location, but I can't think that I ever found a way to go through that cave all the way through to the end of the game. I don't. I think I think there it is. was was it just a location that you just couldn't go through? No, supposedly after you do the Lumpa or you rescue the merchant from Lumpa, if you go and talk to him when he's back at the the town, Calais, they open the tunnel for you, which lets you go back to the other part of the continent. I tried that and I rescued him and he wouldn't open it. So I don't know if I'm missing a dialogue choice or something where I'm supposed to talk to somebody else, but that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. I, I never found a way through. So I thought, I thought it was my whole thinking was that like, Oh, they just threw in this random location just to kind of show you that like you necessarily can't go anywhere you want to, but that probably makes more sense. Yeah, you're supposed some to be able to. missing. Okay. No you're door sure. unopened. No cave unexplored. <laughs> and then that brings us to the, the, I think the only thing left to talk about now is the, the final lighthouse. So when you rescue Bobby, which is technically a villain, the guy that's given you a ship and he sends you with somebody else in the final part. This is when you see that a lot of his soldiers have been all yeah, beat up by yeah. the other team. You end up, he's building a lighthouse, his own lighthouse on top of, or right next to where or nearby where the, where the other, the other lighthouse that you're going to go light or you're trying to stop being lit is here. We have to go through a tunnel to get into it because there's like a secret room. And this is where you finally are confronted by Ceteros and Minardi, who you fought in the beginning of the game. At this time, you fight them for real. Are are they like a different species than anyone else? Because they, they have like blue skin and like really spiky hair and they just seem demonic. That's what I always took it as. Either they're, you know, they were a different, you know, different race or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've assumed they were some kind of a different race, maybe because at least at this point we haven't seen what anyone looks like from that one island that I can't that Bobby went to. I can't think of uh, Lemuria. Lemuria. So yeah. I'm wondering if maybe they're Lemurians. Oh. Also, you're only on one continent in this game. Yep. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that also kind of plays a part where you yeah. think about, like, is any world is going to have multiple continents. So the idea that, you know, people are gonna, could look very different on different continents, different areas they grew up in. That's all I took. But yeah, this whole final dungeon was, it's kind of like two parts from it. Because you have to go partly through the the real lighthouse and do some stuff there. Then you have to go to Bobby's lighthouse, which was built on top of this cave system, and go through there into, like, a back entrance into the main lighthouse and then work your way up through there. So it, it just, I don't know, it's kind of like one dungeon, but also kind of like two at the same time. They kind of go together. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, and earlier you see a boat, which I thought was funny, because you, you see a boat, and you'll have, you'll you the game will make you use the key item that you got from Bobby. You're like, oh, it didn't work. And then you find out, it, and I thought, okay, that's your boat. And you find out it wasn't your boat. It was, you know, Satchel's Minardi's boat. And he just figured, why not try? Because they look the same. They look alike. Yeah, and, and that the the boat that you were trying on that was supposed to have been Bobby's, but is actually you know the villains. That I think was a boat from Lemuria. That place is Lemuria. Yes, I keep forgetting the name. It, that was a <laughs> well, boat from Lemuria. So is Bobby's boat. He he mentions the reason he hires you is because it it needs adepts to. Oh, okay. Uh, steer it. Uh, I th- I thought at the end though no, that they, they did make a mention that by. that the one that you found was you didn't actually find Bobby's boat. You found. Yeah, it's somebody else's boat. Yeah, mm. it's definitely, but it awesome. looks the same. I but, thought, but his his boat is definitely from Lemuria. Yes. Yeah, his boat is for sure. His boat is actually in when you beat the game after you beat the the two bosses, which I actually like the final boss fight because you fight Minardi and Satros by themselves, and then after you beat them, then they combine to a giant dragon, then you fight them again, mm-hmm. and it's a hard. It would normally be a hard boss fight, like like when I beat this game three years ago, it was a tough boss fight. But now with all the gin, is not it was it. I had no issue at all with it. Um, so I, I think the implication they're trying to kind of like read through the subtext kind of thing they're trying to give you is that Minardi and Satyros are at least their boat is from Lemuria if they themselves are not from Lemuria. Maybe that's kind of we'll, that's kind of how I came to the conclusion that that that's where they were from. Maybe we'll learn more about them in uh, Lost Age. Maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely want to play Lost Age soon, so don't worry. Uh, so yeah, but then then the game just kind of kind of ends there. So like the effects of the first lighthouse getting lit and. Spoiler: The second White House gets lit too. Um, you <laughs> fail there as well. Um, I the think first we're White House. Spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried. With when games <laughs> are like 20 years old, I just don't even really say a whole lot. This game isn't 20, but it's yeah. Pre- Wait, no, this Pretty game close. is 20. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's 20, 20 years old. Like okay. I don't care. Can drink next I'm, year. At that um, point, I'm just kind of like, eh. If you haven't, it you're, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so, if like, you have the first White House gives the you the the water, like the water of life or whatever that cures people. The second White House, when it gets lit, it splits off like a third of the continent and just falls away. Oh. Okay, yeah, that's kind of did, did you guys did you guys notice that? Like, unless unless mm-hmm. I misinterpreted it, like to me, it, the what I got and like from what I read online is that like when the second White House gets lit, a third of the continent is cut off and floats away. Also, uh, sorry, this just reminded me. Uh, do you guys did you guys read up about the world? Because the world is flat with never ending oceans that just fall off into space. If you if you read up about the actual planet, it's not a globe. It is a flat planet. Oh, um, it's just completely flat. And oh. the edges of the world are the edges of the world. And it, the, the ocean is just infinite water that forever is this is this nonstop, never ending waterfall into nothingness. And. And so that's kind of why the when the second lighthouse gets lit, the continent breaks off and it and it flows off into like its own island, basically come becoming Australia. <laughs> um, <laughs> it 
it, that's why that happens is because the world doesn't have like a crust and anything to hold it together. The land masses are just that land masses. So when when it, the the fissure happens and this part of the land breaks off, it just flows away because there's nothing holding it in place anymore. It just floats away. There, it doesn't have like uh, like tectonic plates or anything like that. That's cool. I didn't know that. I guess I didn't. I didn't pay that much attention. That's cool. Uh, where, that stuff I got that from info? from looking up um like online stuff about oh, okay. the world. I actually okay. looked up like like that that I got from the wiki. <laughs> from the wiki is that the planet is is like that it's flat and that that's why a third of the land just flows away is because uh is because of the design of the world and this game has a weird ending too because then as the, when that happens then you wake up and it's not so isaac and them get you have to go so you beat this final boss you have to then go back to this town nearby and you board the Bobby ship which is hidden in a in the port under this desert town somehow or a little town i mean it's you know, under you know, you go, you get into the ship. Then the game jumps to essentially what I assume is going to be lost age, where you wake up on an island as Jenna and it's Jenna, Felix, and Creighton, and they're alone on a little island after because what you did with the second lighthouse or what they mm-hmm. did. Yeah, and I think they're they're floating away on the the chunk of land, like the third of the continent that broke off, and it's floating away. They're stuck on that part of it. Is that is I think what yeah, the implication you're, you're is? You're on different continents. Yeah. Well, like essentially, like when the second Sheba's lighthouse gets too, gets, right? gets made, it creates an entirely new continent by like breaking one of them in half. Yeah, and and Felix jumps off the lighthouse to save Sheba. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Is why he's kind of not there to be killed in the final battle and survives to be the main character <laughs> in the next game. I look, I look forward to seeing the rest of the story and seeing where it goes. Finally, yeah, yeah. it's really cool that they had this huge scale 50 hour two volume rpg on a game boy advance yeah i mean lost age only came out a year after the first one so that's not too bad yeah it, it definitely did i remember the first time i played through this time i knew i knew it going in the first time i played through it i didn't know that lost age was like a direct sequel kind what like like it is like you know it immediately picks up and it's kind of like the second half of the story i thought it was more like like a Final Fantasy sequel kind of thing, or like, you know, none of the Final Fantasies are really connected. Mm. I, I thought it would be something more like that. So when I went into the original, when I went into playing uh, Golden Sun the first time, and then that's where the game stopped, for me, it was a bit jarring, just simply because I wasn't expecting that. I was like, what, where's the rest of the game? <laughs> I want game number two. And then I realized that there was, you know... It's um, coming out next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I realized that there was going to be, you know, Lost Age, and I was like, okay... That makes sense, but I've never played it, and I, I honestly know the only thing I know about it is that is who the you know who you play as the main characters, and then I know kind of like the a little bit about the ending of kind of how it it overall ends up. I had Lost Age as a kid and played maybe half of it. Uh, I don't remember a ton. I never. I own both, but I I beat this game and then I never went on the Lost Age for some reason. I don't know why. Looking back, but yeah, because I, I actually beat this game I on an, on my DS at the time, so. Mm. I, I didn't finish many RPGs as a kid, and I, I was engaged enough to finish this one. When I was a kid, we had a, me and my friend had a list, and we were trying to see who could be the first person to beat 50 RPGs, so I could play <laughs> any RPG I got my hands of on. Of course you did. Of course you were trying to finish as many games as possible. And this is like, this is back in high school, and I still was trying, like, this, yeah, it's been a thing for a long time. <laughs> That's why the show exists, because I'm like, you know what, I need to actually do this, finally. Yeah, I was always trying to beat as many games as I could. I mean, hell, even years before the show had started, I keep track from 2016 on. 
I keep track of every game I beat every year. And if I use save states or not, what system I beat it on and what date I beat it on. Oh, I, I wish I had a list like that. That's cool info yeah. to have. You, you care about video well, games. I think 2016 might not be as accurate, but like from then on, 2017 and 20, I, I keep better track of things now. That's, uh, that, that's really cool to have. It's fun uh, at the end of the year when you look back at everything you did. Can I talk about a, another stealth sequel to this game? Sure. So Camelot also made, uh, they make the Mario sports games they have since the Nintendo 64. And there are two Mario sports JRPGs that use the exact same engine as Golden Sun. It has the same look, has the same 3D style. And there is Mario Tennis, Mario Golf Advanced Tour and Mario Tennis, Mario Tennis Power (laughs) Tour. Um, And they're awesome. They're like these full sports JRPGs and they feel like Golden Sun uh, with the weird wiggly character models and faux 3d stuff going on and they're some of the best games on the system uh, especially I, the golf one i really want to play those someday they've been on my list for years since i found out they existed but i just didn't, i've never got around to them yet well if you want the the full golden sun story after lost age guess you got to play <laughs> advanced store well i want to anyway so it, it's gonna happen and it's they're, just a matter of time and they're weird too like mario is a god of golf on olympus yeah it's a really weird game it's great man how does how does a company go from making something like golden sun to mario golf (laughs) well they um money they made hot shots golf for sony they they worked with sega for years and i think them killing the saturn when they were in the middle of their (laughs) three-part epic fantasy rpg kind of rubbed them the wrong way so they signed an exclusivity deal with nintendo but in that year between they made hot shots golf for everybody's golf which is uh, still going it's one of the best golf series out there but they sort of took those systems to mario um by the time golden sun came out i think they'd already made the n64 mario sports games it brought waluigi into this universe someday i I gotta play those they've been on my list for a long time i definitely want to so that might happen on the show especially now i know people who at least someone that wants to play them so that helps (laughs) It always helps when I know someone's like, hey, I'll play this with you. Okay. And I have at least a guest line up. <laughs> they also made the Game Boy Color ones, which are also RPGs and also awesome. Yeah, that I want to play those too. Definitely played more as a kid. All right. Any last things that you guys want to say before? And then we can go on to Shelf or Box? Shelf Stacker Box? We covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we covered, covered, I mean, covered quite a lot. I think that's about it. I think the only thing that we really didn't cover is that the name for magic in the world is, is not necessarily Cyanergy. It's Alchemy. And oh, yeah. It, like synergy is like a type of alchemy or something like that or, or it's um, what they call it in vault okay okay so just the one town calls it alchemy calls it synergy okay and then Which everyone makes else sense calls that different it towns would have different words for magic that that yeah. doesn't make complete sense like in the more chinese area they call it key yeah and i, I think they are different schools of harnessing this power but referring to the same pattern power all right. all right i think and then we should go to shelf stacker box and i'll go first this game is going to go on the shelf. I had a great time playing it a lot better than I was expecting because I wasn't sure kind of how I would feel going back to this game because it's been a while since I played it. And I had a blast. Like, it, it's a good game still. It, it's a good RPG. I mean, there were a couple things I didn't like, mainly just the fact that, you know, if you target an enemy and then it they don't attack, you know, they die, they, they don't attack. I mean, that bugged me. But the game, I got used to it and I worked with it and I made it work in my favor and understood the, you know, concept and the mechanics of the game. And 
Yeah, it, it really holds up even for for a 2001 game. It's 20 years later, it still holds up really good. It's 100% worth playing still today. I mean, it's not super accessible, but it is not. Ways. It's only, um, yeah, it's, it's on Game Boy Advance and it's on the Wii U. Yeah, so if, if you have your Wii U hooked up, keep keep fighting the good fight, but probably easier ways to play this. Yes, and that's it. And so, yeah, going on the shelf. Uh, what about you, Dan? I think I've, I'll put this on the shelf there. there are, I was thinking about this question while I was playing it because there were a lot of times where I was like, oh, this part's a little too wordy or oh, I'm not really into this right now. But that whole last third of the game, I, I really enjoyed and I'm really invested in the world and, and can't wait to see what happens next. So uh, it's going on the shelf for now. Ask I, me again uh, in two years. <laughs> I gotta agree with you guys. Uh, it is. It's a fantastic game. It's a hundred percent worth playing. If you haven't played it, I I I don't want to so I say it's it's a must play for sure. But if you like RPGs, it, it is well worth your time. And and I doubt that that most people would would consider it a waste uh, of time to play. And I am well invested into the world. Um, and uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to playing to playing Lost Ages because I I, I want to know how this ends. Well, I mean, as much, as best as I can, since, you know, it technically never really gets a true ending. Well, I mean, Lost Age ends. It isn't until Dark yeah. Age that where we don't get anything else, right? Yeah, I, I think Dark Dawn is more of a sequel story to that original thing. Like, okay. I, I think it's more or less concluded. So at least this, this quest line should get an ending in Lost Age. Yeah, and Dark Dawn's like the world 10 years later. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Only 10 years? Uh, I think so. Oh, Could be wrong. Man. I, I could be wrong because I, I know you're like the children of the original cast. Okay. I, someday it's going to be on the show. Well, Isaac Lost Age will be on the show next season. Isaac totally has a beard. He totally oh, is Isaac in the same game? Yeah, he has a beard. Oh. A leather jacket. Oh. This, is actually, this is actually a really cool design. I'm going to post Okay, it. I didn't know that. All yeah. right. On the cover, I didn't realize that's Isaac. No, that's okay. not him on the cover. Oh, that's not, okay. I didn't realize he was in the game, though. I thought it was that many years later that he was gone by that point or something. Yeah, it's too bad we never got a. We are getting yeah, another he's got one. A beard. He's all grown up. Oh, that. Okay, that is cool. He just posted yeah. names in the chat of what he looks like. Is a leather uh-huh. jacket, boots. Okay, you, you have my attention. We'll be doing this one at some point. <laughs> <sighs> Damn it! <laughs> all right, and and that concludes that. So we should go to plugs and because and uh, Dan, where can people find you at? Again, my I I do bi monthly video game writing on my blog Ludo Narrative Discotech. Uh, I have not yet figured out how to get a nice sounding url for it so you can find that in the show notes all right and thank you for listening and if you want to hear more golden sun you can hear the original taken golden sun episode four like three years ago i don't remember what the hell i said and none of these people were on that one so go check that out for a completely different opinion on that game because i have no idea what i said three years ago any of us said three years ago I know there's a lot of Kraden bitching, though. We complain a lot about Kraden. About <laughs> Kraden? Yeah, uh, Stu, one of my early co-hosts, he hated Kraden for some reason when we covered this game. I he's don't know not, why. I mean, he's not someone I would want my children hanging around. He's not a responsible... He's not no. responsible to children around. But I remember he hated him in that first episode, so definitely go check that out if you want to hear that. that if you never listened to it, and you listened to this, and you enjoyed this, and you want more Golden Sun, go listen to that, because Lost Age is not out yet. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have lots of other episodes. We do games, comics, movies, TV pilots sometimes. So definitely go check out our giant catalog of episodes that we have that come out all the time because there's two a week. So definitely go or three sometimes. So definitely go dive through all that. If you can't, if we're on on most podcatchers or somewhere, you'll find us. If you can't find episodes, go back on Podbean that has everything. We are also on. You can also find us. Please look us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and on YouTube where I'm constantly posting 
new things about the show. And on YouTube, we have the show just audio only. So if you rather listen to it in a web browser, you can. It's there for you. So convenient. Try. Not many people listen on YouTube. There's like once in a while we get a few views, but I'm pretty sure nobody's actually sitting there really listening to it on YouTube. But someone does. People have commented and said, oh, I'm like, okay. So for those one or two people out there, you're welcome. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to your awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hath Fury. You, can, you will see a link in the show notes to her TikTok. Definitely go check her out. And that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all. Actually, one last thing to say. Uh, we have a Patreon. <laughs> a little dollar you can support us on the Patreon. Go throw us a dollar. You get to vote in monthly polls. I almost forgot that because I just did. All right. Now I'm done. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.